Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. Now, here's your hosts, Pippin Williamson and Brad Tunar. Welcome to episode 24, sponsored by WP Ninjas. Today, we have a special guest, Dan Cameron, is with us. But before we meet Dan, Pippin, what have you been working on? Uh, I've been keeping busy with two primary things over the last two weeks. Uh, the first, I was working on an add-on for Philly WP that integrates with Stripe.com, the payment processor, because I wanted to give a way for uh, the managers of an affiliate system to pay out their affiliates with a single click. So now it integrates with Stripe and it just connects to debit cards on an affiliate accounts and you can just go through and you can pay individual referrals or you can pay a batch of referrals all at once. So that was pretty fun. We got that pushed out a couple of days ago. That's uh, cool. So does Stripe yeah, Stripe pay fun. a rate to your bank account or something? Like is right. That... So kind oh. of in the same way, uh, if you've ever used Stripe before, uh, the funds that you accumulate in your Stripe account get transferred to your bank every we a uh, couple days, every other like every three days, I think. Yeah, it's three uh, days. Yeah, every three days, and so it works pretty much the same way. And uh, that you, instead of sending to your bank, you send to the bank or the debit card register with the affiliate. Uh, it's a pretty slick system. Unfortunately, it's limited to the U.S. only right now, just based because of Stripe requiring that. I'm really hoping that they go international soon with it. Uh, and then the other thing that was keeping me busy is EDD version 2.1. Uh, this has been in development for about three months now, maybe two months. Uh, and we've been making a couple of really big changes on the underlying structures of the plugin. Previously, we didn't really have a customer's API or database that was any like true customer system. It was kind of just hacked together. And so over the last couple of weeks, I've been building out a complete customer's API, a new database structure, uh, and then figuring out how to properly migrate all existing data into that. Uh, and that's been a lot of fun. It's been a kind of a cool challenge. So, so is that going to be all backwards compatible? Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. It should be a hundred percent backwards compatible. That's awesome. Uh, so far, I mean, aside from like finding bugs during the development, I'm not aware of any particular issue that will just that will fail on somebody if they're using a, an old function call or an old method or anything like that. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. How about you? What have you been working on? Uh, so we've been, I think I mentioned it before, we've been restructuring uh, MigrateDB Pro so that uh, the free version and the pro version uh, are one code base. And so, you know, we have a build script that like builds like the free version and removes files and, and that kind of thing. Uh, and so we finally uh, finished that a uh, couple days ago. We released uh, the free version uh, on... Uh, WordPress.org. So there's a, and and that free version actually has some new new features and stuff as well in it. So like uh, the find and replace fields, you can drag and drop them, and you can add as many as you want now. Whereas before it was limited to two. Uh, there's a that's, new new UI and stuff, and so that's really awesome. I love yeah. the idea of having that build script so that you can maintain one single code base for the free and the pro version, and then simply have that build script either add or remove things. Yeah. That's, that's really intelligent. Yeah. It, Have it's, you gotten any It's actually that? pretty pretty cool. Like so I actually added some other stuff into the build script. Um, so it'll actually publish to.org and then uh, publish like a mirror to GitHub as well. Of the like just so it'll publish just the free version files to GitHub so that people have that 
uh, if they That's if they awesome. use GitHub. You should, uh, if at any point you feel ambitious, you should write up how you build that script because I'm sure a lot of people would love that. Yeah, I think I think I have it. I think it's up there on GitHub actually. Nice. Uh, have you had any feedback yet from previous users of the free version with the new upgrade? I know it's only been out for about two days. Yeah, well, it's been out for two days, and it's received like I don't know three thousand downloads or something like that. And yeah, we haven't heard much, so I think that's a good thing. <laughs> right? It's at least good in that you haven't blatantly <laughs> broken anything. Yet. It seems to be the case. Yeah, so that's ho- awesome. Hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully that is the case, and people aren't just grinding their teeth and <laughs> quietly. Find out when a whole bunch of one-star reviews suddenly flow in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, why don't we jump in and introduce our guest, Mr. Dan Cameron. Um, thanks for coming on the show with us. Why don't you take a couple of minutes and tell us about yourself? What do you do? Where are you from? Et cetera. Um, I'm from Ventura County, uh, uh, California, and I've been working on WordPress since... Man, in 2008, I believe, um, I've been, uh, I was a freelancer. Oh, man. <laughs> so you started Sorry, as a, you started as a freelance developer? Yeah, well, no, actually, well, it goes back farther than that. In um, 2004, actually, I started working with WordPress, and WordPress was actually just a hobby of mine. Um uh, so it was I, like a blog or something, or what? What were you working? Yeah, on? yeah. Some guys at my church, um, blogging was super popular at that time, and um, it was the cool thing to do to use um, what is it called, movable type. And oh, I God. installed <laughs> movable type, and I was just messing around with the CSS for like hours. And uh, at that time, I had no idea. Um, like you, you could build something dynamic. Like I had no idea how like databases worked and how CSS worked and all that stuff. Right, because because um, it wasn't movable type. It was like Perl, and it just like yeah. baked everything. Like so, it generated static files. Isn't that how it worked? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, it was like difficult to work with. It was difficult to like do certain things that I wanted to do. But at that time, I really just I was wet behind the ears on programming. I was. I was a computer guy, I liked video games and stuff like that, but um, I was like developing a hobby out of messing with this blog. And it was actually like pretty fun to do. And um, so like around, man, was it 2004? I think it was in 2004, that was a long time ago. Well, I just Um, looked it up just because I was curious real quick. Uh, In 2004, it was WordPress 1.2 for anybody who's not sure how far back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, it was way and, and well, if you're familiar with movable type, like at that time they moved to um like a paid version. So there's a mass exodus for a lot of people to move to WordPress. And I think that's when WordPress got super popular. I'm not really sure because I was new. I was I jumped on the bandwagon with everybody else. But um like when I installed WordPress, it seemed like really comprehensible to me. You know, it it's PHP, it's a mixed language. So I was able to like do what I called programming at that time. And I was able to see things change dynamically on the site. I was able to break things in real time. I didn't have to rebuild the site or anything like that. So I, I was just enthralled by the technology. And like ever since then, I've been really like into WordPress, like as a hobby. And uh, 
I released themes in like a year later, I think it was like soon after I, I was doing themes, um, releasing public themes. And, uh, I did, I don't know if you guys heard about it, but there's this plugin called search everything. Oh yeah. And, uh, I used to use it. oh, that's funny. Yeah. That was my plugin for the longest time. I think like nine years. Oh really? It was 2005. Awesome. I didn't know. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. I go way back, <laughs> but, uh, um, I have a story actually behind that. I don't control search everything anymore. Um, what did I that? What did it used to do? Like it, back then, why did I use it? <laughs> I can't remember. So back then, uh, well, WordPress search was always bad. But back then, what I did was I combined the ability to search for pages and posts and. I think terms as well, because in 1.2, I, I believe they came out with the taxonomy right. API. I'm not really sure. Around then. Yeah, it was a long time ago, so I'm surprised I remember this much. But yeah, anyways, I combined pretty much what I did was I took two search plugins and combined their code base in a way to make them work together. And I built an admin, and it was funny too. I, I use um, select lists for like activating and deactivating things so i would have like do you want to include pages within the search so the person yeah, would have to that. select yes and no instead of a checkbox i feel so <laughs> nice. embarrassed about it now when i look back on it but and that's that's <laughs> i think, we, I think I we've did. all done that at some point <laughs> yeah yeah i, yeah, I, I yeah, used that true. plugin for probably at least a good two years uh i mean it, it made a huge improvement yeah. yeah, I don't know if that was when you were still contributing. When did you transfer it off to someone else? Oh, that was uh, late. Wait, the beginning of this year, I believe. I sold it to Semantia, I believe. Yeah. They just contacted me, and they wanted to purchase it. And at that time, I don't think I committed or approved um, any patches on GitHub for the longest time. And I was just like, okay, well, if you guys promise to improve it, then um, you guys can take it, especially if you give me a little bit of money, which they were uh, so eagerly happy to do. <laughs> so, awesome. um, yeah, I was really busy at that time, and I was just like, man, I don't want to deal with this support, and people who are using it have to be pissed off at me. So this cannot be a good thing. So I just got rid of it. Cool. But, yeah. Well, it's cool that you were able to transfer it off to someone and and leave it, let it still remain a functioning plugin that's alive, that's maintained, that somebody's yeah. looking after, as opposed to just letting it die out. Because it was a huge plugin that a ton of people used. Yeah. Um, for anybody it, not familiar with it, it's got about seven hundred twenty thousand downloads on .dot org. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of there's definitely a lot of people that have been using it for a while. Yeah, and I I feel like really bad about not committing more time to it. I actually, you know, up until recently, I've been really busy with this project for the last like four or five years, ever since I started freelancing. So I wasn't able to put any time into it. And that's mainly because of freelancing and like some family stuff that I had to focus on. But um, yeah, man, that plugin was so popular. And that really like, got me into the WP community a little bit. Um, like it jump started me. Like I, it's surprising to hear like some people that used it because I thought, oh well, I'm just filling a niche like that WordPress 
never filled. Like it was amazing to me that pages were not in search for the longest time. And that's why, you know, that's why that plugin like worked. People downloaded it. It was crazy. Yeah, but, it's yeah. awesome. That's why I downloaded it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So since you've been involved with WordPress for so long, uh, as uh, as a plugin developer, as a user, as a hobbyist, have you ever spent any time contributing back to WordPress core itself? Oh yeah, I have been. Um, I man, it, it's t- it's a tough thing for me because I've wanted to contribute for so long, and um, like way back when, I felt that you know in 2005, 2006, 2007, when it was just my hobby and I had a full-time job, um, I really wanted to contribute. And I tried. And uh, I just felt that, well, I w- wasn't really confident in the work that I could put out, especially in the back-end programming. Um, at that time, I was just doing f- um, like front-end theme development. And uh, the theme repo, I-, I don't even think the theme repo was available at that time i'm not sure you would know pippin like you do theme reviews so right uh actually i don't do theme. oh no you do plugin reviews sorry 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 but funny um, people a lot of people don't realize but the plugin repo and theme repo are actually entirely separate systems yeah i i'm sorry i i I got that no no it's fine yeah yeah but yeah um i i really wanted to contribute especially with css when they were doing the um the back end the new admin and I just felt like I could not commit enough time to it. And I wasn't confident in what I was going to commit. Like, I have, like, sure. a real confidence issue in my code up until recently. I, like think, I, I think that's a problem that we all face. Yeah. Definitely. Or, I mean, everybody at least faces it at some point, um, whether or not you're able, whether or not we're able to get, get over that. But, like... For example, like I, I learned PHP from WordPress. I learned... I started building plugins and stuff like that and then I got into the idea of contributing back to to core and there's this giant mental roadblock that says like these are the people that built the software that taught me how to program they're so much better than me they're so much better than anything that I can do like regardless of where I am like I have this there's a mental block that's very hard to get over Mm -hmm. I think I think the way I contribute to core is just like once I find something that's irritating me, that's when I, I kind of try to tackle it. But that's when, yeah. and and I don't know. It's probably not the best way to go about it because I very very rarely do anything with core. I think I think that's actually a really good way to go about it. If if you're just looking for like if you're not looking to be actively involved with contributing, you're just trying to you want to give back a little bit, and because it's taking the a very programmer's mentality about it and say I have a problem. I want to fix it. Now, in this case, it just happened that that problem is in WordPress core. So you say, I'm going to go through and I'm going to figure out how to fix this and I'm going to try and give back and submit this improvement to them. Yeah, I guess I just see like, uh, I see guys on there like just conversing every day, like countless messages through the tickets and stuff. And I'm just like, damn. Yeah, <laughs> like these guys, these guys are contributors. If you you ever jump into like WordPress dev on IRC, Right. I, I jump into dev chats occasionally, and I always jump in with the idea like, "Ooh, I want to try and participate and contribute to this." <laughs> it's like I'm lost. I'm... <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that was like me way back when in WP Hackers. Um, I yep. don't think I still subscribe to that, but back when, man, 
I just couldn't keep up. Like I couldn't keep up with the threads that I was interested in. And I just felt like, man, I, I can't jump in. Like I don't have enough free time. I have a kid and I want to focus on that. And, um, or I want to focus on her and, uh, I want to focus on my real job. And then the time that I have left over, like I want to learn how to program better. I want to learn how to build themes and do plugin updates and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, like one thing that has caused me not to contribute back and it's one of the, like the scapegoats I think a lot of people have. And I was like really reluctant to even say this, but I've been, you know, for the few years I felt like I was burned in a way. Like I would try to jump in and it was like, oh no, I was like pushed back in a way. And I felt for the longest time that that was like, oh, well, that's the community's fault for not making me be inclusive or not including me and feeling, making me feel like I, you know, my contribution or my suggestion wasn't valid. And I've just recently like realized within the last year or so that that's my fault. That's my problem. You know, like I wasn't able to put enough effort into trying to convince the other person or try and try to see that person, uh, see my track ticket and understand it. Right. And I think a lot of people like, because I, I hear like from friends that just get burnt in like quote burnt in the WP community. Like they don't feel like they can contribute whereas, or they feel like they don't want to. And I've, taken a different approach to that I mean I'm going to be like more avid with the tickets that I create and understanding of um, the responses that I get to it because like before I guess I was just like a jerk or very stubborn or something I think think it's really easy (laughs) to be to be naive yeah yeah how much activity there is inside of an open source ecosystem like when I when I first jumped in and started jumping onto a couple of tickets, like I would be like, why why didn't I get an answer here? Like why is there no answer? And now after a couple of years, I've been able to realize, oh, it's because these people that I'm trying to get an answer from are answering hundreds of tickets every day or <laughs> yeah. every week. And the yeah. fact that I didn't get an answer shouldn't be surprising. Uh, if I get an answer, that's awesome. Uh, and I think it's very it's very easy to forget about that fact that there's a lot of time that they have devoted to other aspects of the project, regardless of how good your suggestion is. Yeah, yeah. and their their principles guide them too. Like whether their principles for uh, future editions uh, don't line up with mine, it, it it's not something that I should get bent out of shape about nope, and, um, and stop, you know? I should try to understand that because like as a project lead, um, for multiple projects now, I, I should have understood that or understood that earlier. Like I should have understood that there there are times where you need to focus on certain things, and some tickets, some features, some um, suggestions are just distractions in a way. And mm-hmm. I should be more respectful to that. And I don't think I was. Like I, I really don't think that I was. And I, I felt like uh, it was switched. Like, I thought they were being disrespectful to me, but I was actually being disrespectful to, like, the community by just giving up and feeling that way and feeling bent out of shape. 
Yeah. So I think it's I think it's really hard to if you're not involved on a daily basis to understand why there's resistance to like what you're saying, right? Because you you don't you don't have the whole picture, right? Because to have yeah, the yeah. whole picture, you need to be involved every day and have like the history of conversation that's been going on on IRC and throughout all the tickets and stuff. Yeah. It's um it, it's you really have to just trust the mm-hmm. the community members that are putting the time in day to day. I think to to that they know what's best for the project. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I've found that to be a problem too because it's it's like I don't get it. Why why isn't this a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but you know they're thinking like three versions down the road, right? When yeah, and exactly. we're just looking at the present. So. Yeah. So, so Dan, um, where did um, kind of where did you start freelancing? What what like what year would that have been? Um. Okay. So my son is six. Um. I had a good job in Camarillo. Uh. I would go there, and it was, it was a it was run like a startup. I had a tr- director position, but I would work like fifty or sixty hours a week, and. It, I hated it. Like I loved, you know, the position that I was in. I loved the responsibility, but I didn't like the work that I was doing. So, so is this um, a, an agency or something? Or it was a, um, it was a business for. Uh, sorry, it was an internet internet business selling scrubs, and it was a multi million dollar um, a year uh, site that sold scrubs. And it was running on uh, Yahoo Commerce, and it still does to this day. I was hired to get them onto a real commerce solution, and uh, I had experience in IBM WebSphere and a lot of different um, uh, things from previous jobs. But anyways, okay, so I'm getting a little off track here. But anyways, uh, my son was born uh, in 2008, and... um, I at that time I was just like okay I need to take two weeks off and I was talking to my wife and I'm like I don't know if I want to go back to work what do you think about me (laughs) just freelancing like what do you think about me just doing what I've been doing as like a hobby and for fun uh, as like a real job I know of a friend that does it and I feel like I can do the same thing so I had some meetings with the friends that already do freelance and my wife was like so supportive. She was just like, do it. Like, you don't feel right in your job. Just quit. Like, and I was just like, no, I can't. But she was so supportive. And I feel like if she didn't push me a little bit, I wouldn't have like gone to freelance. And, you know, it was rough for the first like couple months because I was going on Elance trying to get like theme jobs and all this stuff. Right. You know, and uh, trying to build up Sprout Venture as like, a PSD to a uh, WordPress template business and all that stuff because that's the stuff that I like to do. Like I, so I loved building themes. And so Sprout Venture fun. was that? So that's just your the company you set up as as your freelance kind of uh, business or? What was yeah. It? So like one of the first things um, I did was create Sprout Venture and um, uh, I didn't want to be uh hire dan cameron or have yeah make your checks out to dan cameron so 
I created a, a DBA for Sprout Venture, and um, while it seems like a big, huge business that you know employs a bunch of people, it just employs me right now. And I do contract out a little bit, but um, yeah, that that's what it was. Is I created Sprout Venture because I didn't want a business called Dan Cameron Website Design of Venture Accounting or something <laughs> like think, that. I think there's a, there's a lot of freelancers that do it that same way where. They, not not to be deceptive anyway, but they want to yeah. they want to start out in in a way that markets them as as an agency. Doesn't matter if it's a one person agency or eventually becomes a hundred person agency. Yeah, uh, it also makes things a little bit easier if you want to expand. Yeah. I found that firsthand because I branded my first when I was a freelancer. Um, I branded it as Pippin's Pages, <laughs> and sure, I could hire people to work for me, but. There's, it's still me you're talking to. Like I couldn't ever have a different person, like or a, a different boss or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. me, one hundred percent. I always, uh, I always look at it from like the employee's perspective. When someone asks them, yes! like, who do you work for? Do you really <laughs> want them to say like some dude's name, or do you want them to say something awesome? You know, like some kind of awesome company. I've, I've, I've absolutely run into that exact same problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Dan, at what point during your, your freelancing, uh, at some point anyway, you started working on a group buying site, right, called Smart eCart? Yeah, um, well, let me lead into that because I think there's like an important like milestone or crossroad or whatever sure. you want to call it like in that process that got me there. Um, so first I worked uh, for Shane and Peter, and they're called Modern Tribe now. Um, I had no idea that you worked for them. Yeah, me neither. I mean, yeah, yeah, I did. Well. Yeah, Shane and Peter are awesome. And, like, that was... Working for them was like going to school, right? Like, it was not only a way for me to learn a lot, but it was a way for me to, like, get a lot of friends. Like, and, like, not not just like, oh, I have a lot of friends in the business side or something like that. But I got a lot of good friends. Like we still talk to this day. And they are very, very social people, and everybody that works for them is the same way. Yeah. yeah I, well, their hiring process like dictates that, right? Yes. Like, I, I mean, you have I don't go, know if they you have like, to go surfing with Shane. Is that like <laughs> step one or something? Yeah, stand up paddle boarding with Peter. <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, man, that was like a huge. That was a great experience. Like working with those guys. It taught me a lot and actually like helped me learn more in the back end of development because when I first started there, I just did theme work. Um, like I, I worked on the GigaOM site when they were um, like going through a redesign and I don't know how many redesigns they've gone through since then, but working on that project was like a huge experience. Like I, I feel like that was one of my big accomplishments. Like I feel like everybody Pretty in the tech site. industry... Yeah, it has heard of GigaOM, and I'm like, yeah, I built that site right there. Like, I that that code that runs that site, I I made it. You know, of course, I didn't make all of it, and I was led by a lot of great programmers to help me. But um, that project was awesome to work on. Like Mark Jaquith uh, worked on that project too from the .dot com side. That's really and, cool. Um, cool. And uh, oh, so anyways, okay, so tra- to transition. Um, one of the relationships that I built there was uh, Nick Orn. I don't know if you've heard of him, uh, plugindeveloper.com or something. 
He's gonna hate name, me. That name sounds really so, familiar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he was in Seattle. He did the uh, WordCamp up there a little bit, and um, he's been doing a lot of uh, work for I think it's Boost WP now. But anyways, yeah. So that relationship, like, has not only given me, um, man, I just I I don't know how to express it, but he has given me a lot. Like. He referred um, a client to me that created or that um, that built group buying site. That client was the one that um, asked me to build a group buying plugin for WordPress. And um, I, I don't know where I would be without like Nick actually referring him to me because in the last four years I've been working on group buying site. Um, that's what it started out as as uh, called groupbuyingsite.com and then um, we recently revamped it and uh, rebranded it as smart e-cart and um, as like a social buying e-commerce plugin for WordPress so that's what I've been working on for the last four years wait it's oh man five years <laughs> so awesome. uh, so have so, you um, have you yeah. been working on that like how much time like per week do you have you been working on that is that like mostly your full-time job or like how does that work oh okay so well when i worked at shannon peter i worked a ton right and then when i worked for um my client for group buying site i worked not a ton but it was full time and i was able to like work 30 to 40 hours a week just on that project and it was awesome like it felt like um, a job of my own, you know. It felt like a project of my own because after a while, he really respected my opinion, and he well, not I. I don't mean to say after a while, as in he doesn't respect my opinion now, but no, he still you, respects he, my opinion, he, and he like gave me the project pretty much. Like you, was, you were you were able to demonstrate that you knew what you were working on, you knew what what you were building, you knew how to do it, and that your knowledge was valuable to the product. Yeah, yeah. And it was awesome. It was great to do. Like, um, I was able to like add features without having to go through a process of approval and on stuff. I would just say, Hey, I think this feature would be really good. Let's release it in the next version. Okay. So right. our relation our relationship was is is very uncommon. Like mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine having a client like that again. Right. And um, they're definitely the that, rare one. Yeah, and I was able to hire um, some people to like redo uh, group buying site uh, a few years ago, the 3.0 release, I believe it was, to make it more cart based and do a bunch of other things. And I'm able to um, write a check to my friend every month that does all of the project development and support right now, and it's like a huge accomplishment. Like writing those checks to friends and uh, feels really good. Like to provide for them. Like yeah, that's that's really that's awesome. awesome. That's yeah. cool to hear you say. I I, I feel like um, you're on on track for for employing people in the future full time. <laughs> I absolutely agree. I think that's what you just said right there. Is like if I look back on it, that's when I kind of felt like I was doing something good was when I was able to consistently provide for the welfare of someone else. Yeah. Like, like through work that I'd done. Like, and that is a really awesome feeling. Yeah. Uh, 
I so, mean, that's like part of part of my motivation as an entrepreneur as well. Like, like to be able to provide for people. I think it's I I, I get a lot of satisfaction out of being able to do that. And um, so, like, if that's I mean, that's probably a red flag if if that is not something that appeals to you. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, as a as a person who thinks they might be you know wanting to get into an entrepreneurial um future if you're not motivated by employing people it's going to be probably a tough road for you right <laughs> yeah so, exactly dan so mm-hmm. now if i remember right uh you're not super heavily involved with the group deals anymore now you're working on a product called sprout apps yeah tell us so, a about that yeah in may um in May, I was at a crossroads with uh, Smarty Cart, and uh, I was in a position where I could give all of the development and support work to a friend, um, and either work on my own uh, product or go back into the services. And I, Nick, again, uh, Nick Orn, like really inspired me to do my own product, and. I really wanted to do my own product. I've been doing it for the last five years or so with group buying site. I, I felt really confident that I could do something. Um, I wanted to do things differently. I wanted to do things the same. Um, but yeah, Nick really inspired me to not only go in the route that I went with Sprout apps, but um, like inspiration for like what I could do next. Um, it was between like uh, doing a like a booking plugin because I was really familiar with the e-commerce side, or doing an invoicing plugin. And uh, after a lot of research, I decided not to do a booking plugin because there's so many out there. But um, I did a I did a little bit of research and found like that not only do I think um, my itch isn't being scratched in the invoicing area for like freelancers and developers uh, running WordPress for their sites. But um, I felt like there is a like an opportunity and whether it is one is still to be known, but um, that's what I'm working on. Like I'm building Sprout apps. Um, so Sprout apps is going to be a collection of apps with Sprout invoices being one of those apps. Yeah. Right? So yeah yeah originally um it was just going to be sprout invoices like i i mentioned before um i was going to release like an mvp um plugin out there and just see how it went and see if there was market out there i've gradually uh with um nick's advice uh i i moved it more into like an area where i want to do other apps for small businesses like myself and freelancers like i want to do a crm app i want to do a team management app. Uh, um, I don't know if I'll get to the point where I do a project management app because that could mean a lot of work. But um, that's the type of business that I want to create with Sprout apps. Like I want to build apps that help freelancers and developers like myself because I'm really stubborn with my workflow, workflow, and I just haven't found solutions to help me with it. Like, sir, I think I think what you're what you've experienced is the same pain that every single freelancer uh, who is serious about running a freelance business experiences when they go through and what what are the best apps or services that work for them, whether it's for client, um, keeping track of clients, keeping track of invoices, et cetera. Uh, mm-hmm. And 
So building this based upon your, your own experiences, your own frustrations, that's awesome. And the name yeah. is very appropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the name. Yeah. Did, do you did you do the branding and design of your of your sprout sproutapps.co site or uh well since I didn't have much time um so when, when I first started this project like my first commit was in the end of May and I was supposed to get it like released in July and so I'm a little like I'm a month to, I guess a month behind so it's not that long but anyways I I didn't have um like time and money to put into like getting somebody to design the site and the logo so I went to um, I went to 99's designs to get that logo and <laughs> I was blown away with it like it's a great I logo. asked I a bunch it. of friends on Facebook to help me and uh, yeah thanks I really like it I, I'm glad how it turned out but the design of the site the Sprout App site um, is a bootstrap theme like an html theme that i found somewhere and i was like whoa this thing's awesome this will work out perfect so um i bought that theme somewhere around and converted it into a wordpress theme using underscores of course cool yeah yeah i'm glad that um i've heard like really positive feedback about the design and uh i'm actually really proud of how it looks because it looks like pretty good and unique and stuff so yeah. Hopefully it converts. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> uh yeah. I wanted to ask you I don't know if this is a question that you can if you can answer yet or if you've thought about it. But I was reading your bio uh uh-huh. kind of like your history on your on your about page from your personal site. And one of the things you mentioned is that you originally started to go to school for iOS development. Um or or at some at some point you were interested in getting into iOS development. So yeah. are there any plans to to build an iOS app that connects to Sprout apps? Yes, absolutely. And awesome. That's what I wanted I to hear. So somebody asked me that on Twitter, I believe. Maybe they asked something else. And I said, uh, they asked, are there any plans? And I said, well, there's no plans for that yet, but there's aspirations and hopes for it. So I, I can't really say that I have plans for an iOS app or um But you would like to build right one now. eventually. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I think that in order for people to really use Sprout invoices, uh, for example, they need to have like a mobile app. Whether that's whether it's a um, like a web app or whether it's like a real Um, at least a mobile friendly UI. I remember uh, I don't do much freelancing anymore, but when I was actively freelancing, that was one of my biggest pain points was that the the system that I was using didn't really have a mobile UI, but I was mobile all the time. Uh, and all I wanted to do was like go in and generate an invoice or send my invoice or something like that, or mm-hmm. even just check. Um, and so that that's definitely a huge asset if that's something that eventually you'll build. Yeah, and I, I think before I get to that point, I think notifications is like a big deal too. Like um, maybe I'll build like a notifications add-on for Sprout invoices, for example, that like sends you notifications on accepted invoices or accepted estimates and stuff like that. And then um, that can maybe link to the web page that like a web view that you can manage. Um, Yeah, I'm all about workflow and management and I understand that, um, well, out of experience that you have to be mobile, uh, I hate the word, but mobile friendly. 
Wow. I love this idea, by the way, this invoicing stuff. And I, I love how the screenshots that I'm seeing here, you've clearly put a lot of attention to the details. And so it's, it's looking really good. Um, the one, one thing um, I'll say is that I, I, I'm currently with FreshBooks for my invoicing. Um, and I don't even do freelancing anymore, but I still have to have it. <laughs> for the next five years <laughs> or something right for the data yeah. that's locked in there and so i'm paying like 250 dollars a year or something to to have oh, this wow. the SaaS that i don't really use anymore and so uh, that's that's the one thing i love about this is that you own the data it's you know it's in your wordpress uh you know site and it's mm -hmm. just and you can extend it you can do whatever you want with it basically yeah so um, yeah, I love this idea. Yeah, so I worked with, or uh, not worked with, I used FreshBooks for like two or three years, and then I moved to Harvest. And um, well, like one of the main reasons I moved from FreshBooks to Harvest was because of their price. Like it was out of control, right. I thought, especially when you get to having a lot of clients. Like mm -hmm. I did not like having to go and delete clients that I had because I wanted to be on this tier uh, that I thought was acceptable to pay for every month. Right. And when I first started, like as a freelancer, I did not want any overhead. Like I, I had an aversion to paying monthly fees. So, but I knew I had to get like fresh books um, and then harvest to pay for. But uh, to go off what you just said too is that um, I do have plans for importers for both harvest and uh, fresh books. So hopefully um, you'll want to import all of your data to sprout invoices and start using it. Cool. I know that if I was if I was to use it, uh, I would definitely want to be able to import data just because I, I like to have that history there. I like to be able to go back and see the reports. Yeah, yeah, because I, I mean, personally, uh, I'll admit this. I don't use sprout invoices yet. Like, I still have a couple of estimates that come in and um, I don't use sprout invoices. Like, I, as shameful as that is, uh, I have not built the importer yet for Harvest, and I want to get all of that data in there. Um, I think it's essential. and uh, Definitely. Um, well, that's then, my plan for 1.0. And eating your own dog food is super important, too, just for, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. just for figuring out where your pain points are or finding little bugs or kinks, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's also, I think, it's very easy to become, it's much easier to become disillusioned with a product product or project if you're not actively using it yourself as well so Absolutely. for anybody who's building projects building products like this like once you're able to start using it because it, yeah <laughs> it may look amazing to start but once you actually start using it you'll find all the little things that are that are kind of iffy or weird that yeah. users report but mm -hmm. you don't see them until you're a user and i think it's yeah. a, one of the best ways to make a product really good yeah. I think from experience too, I think it's also gives you the ability to add features to your own product because you're Definitely. that you don't think about. And then also like add-ons if you're creating a marketplace. Um, you can create a bunch of add-ons just by the customization customizations that you do for yourself. So, Certainly. Yeah. Very cool. cool. Well, I think that's I think uh, our time's pretty much up. Uh 
how about okay so one thing i want to mention is big snow tiny cough uh we're getting together in sugarbush mountain in vermont january 26th to 29th to talk about business and do some skiing and snowboarding so if that sounds awesome to you then go to big snow and check it out uh also if you could review us on itunes that's awesome we uh it helps us uh, or helps other people find us so uh that'd be a huge help for others and us and i'll throw out the offer again if you give us a review uh let us know and i will happily go review your plugin or your theme uh reviewed one last week from somebody who did exactly that wow awesome um and uh thanks again to our sponsors uh pippin you want to cover that yeah, WP Ninjas uh, are our permanent sponsors. They've been kind enough to sponsor ongoing episodes uh, for the last quite a few, actually, uh, which has allowed us to do some really cool things on the site. WP Ninjas are the creators of Ninja Forms as well as Ninja Demo. Uh, you can go check them out. Something else that's kind of cool, um, Dan Cameron has built in an integration with Ninja Forms for Sprout Invoices. So go check that out as well. Yeah. And Dan? Dan, Dan, aren't you using, you're using Ninja Demo as well on the site, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I, Ninja Demo is awesome. It's pretty Sweet. slick. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, I, I have a few customizations to it just in order to get it to work the way that I want it to work and also my hosting provider. But, I mean, it, it's awesome. Like, I yeah. really, I'm glad that that is there. Because oh, yeah, I see. I out see. of experience, demos are horrible to do. Yeah. I see you've got a you've blogged about how you customized it actually, didn't you? I see. Yeah, I need to update that actually too because um, I don't use that anymore because I'm using an SSL site, so I need to like go back to that post and revisit it a little bit. Cool. Sure. Well, Dan, thank you so much for coming on. It was an absolute hey, pleasure. Uh, tell us really quickly where's the best places for people to find you online. Um, I'm Dan Cameron at Twitter and just about other every other social network i guess but find me on twitter at dan cameron and uh sproutapps.co is uh the product that i'm currently working on awesome, awesome. thanks a lot dan hey you're great so much great to have you thank you